and welcome to Bite Size Strategy, the podcast that provides you with less fluff and more stuff that you can actually use to grow your brand online. In every episode, we cut the banter, we get down to business, and we talk actionable tips and tricks for online marketing, copywriting, optimizing your website, and more. I'm your host, Ashley Kay, a web designer, digital strategist, and all-around nerd. If you'd like to connect with me in between episodes, give me a follow on Instagram at builditandblossom or check out builditandblossom.com for more. So hello friends, how are we doing today? How did we enjoy our very first episode last week? You know, I of course listened to it multiple times before and after uploading. I thought it was okay. Um, There's nothing that I really hated about it. Surprising, because we talked about in that episode how I have issues with perfection. But we're trying to get over that, right? I was pleasantly surprised with the audio quality and how you didn't hear that much background noise. I was really surprised because, as I mentioned in the first episode, I have the unfortunate luck of having to record over someone else's garage. And of course, I cannot control when they decide to open and shut their garage door. Sometimes they decide to open and shut their garage door at 4 a.m. in the morning. I do not know why. Sometimes it happens multiple times. And if you didn't know, come on guys, get with it. Like my recording area, my recording space just so happens to be my bedroom. So of course, if this garage door is opening and closing at four in the morning, that wakes me up. I am a very light sleeper and it just puts me in a foul mood the next day. But luckily, That garage door, it did not get picked up on the audio for our last episode, so hopefully, you know, we can keep that streak alive. About the only thing I did hear in the background uh, in the last episode was a sound kind of like this. And if you're wondering what the heck that is, well, friends, that is Big Joe. Who's Big Joe, you ask? Well, Big Joe is my beanbag chair that I got at Walmart a few years ago for about $40. And that was a great deal. I just looked and I saw that they increased the price of Big Joe to $57. So I think I got Big Joe for a steal. Um, Unfortunately, Big Joe did start to deflate pretty quickly after purchase. He used to be able to stand up on his own and resemble a normal beanbag chair. And now he is... To be honest, kind of pathetic. He is very deflated. Um, And I I hate saying this in front of Big Joe, but I had been thinking about donating him or somehow removing him from the premises because he just looks kind of sad. But I didn't. Thank God, because I started meditating and I decided to start meditating on Big Joe using him as a cushion. And it's really great. It's a lot better than just sitting on the floor. And Big Joe is proving to be quite useful in my little tiny recording space in my closet as well. So thank you, Big Joe. You know, I'm not even going to complain if people can hear you in the background. It just is what it is. Anyway, I love how I, you know, I promised no banter in the intro, and then I just immediately went into banter, but we're all done with that now. Now we are moving on to the topic at hand, and today's episode is a little bit more technical in nature. I am going to be throwing a lot of information at you, so, you know, 
uh, grab a notepad. Feel free to take notes if you want to, because today we are talking all about domain names. This is like the definitive guide to domain names. So have you ever found yourself wondering how exactly to find the right domain name for your brand? This can seem like an easy task. It seems like something that should be really simple, but there can actually be a lot of questions around finding the best fit. Should I put keywords in my domain name? Do I need to register multiple extensions? What do I do with numbers? Are hyphens okay? So yeah, I would say like the top question that I get about this is, should I get a domain name that has keywords injected into it? For example, I'm making this up, totally hypothetical situation and name right now. Let's say that you are a bakery in Los Angeles called Cake It Easy. That's your brand name and you specialize in like the best wedding cakes in the world. And so you notice that losangelesweddingcakes.com is available. Is that something that you should register? Should you use that domain name? Or should you stick with your brand name and just go with cakeiteasy.com or something like that? Well, guys, we are going to talk about that today. I'm going to answer that question and more. So buckle up. (laughs) We're diving right in. Before we really get into the nitty gritty, I want to first address what a domain name is in case you don't know. A domain name is basically your address on the web and it can be a combination of letters and numbers. Numbers are usually pretty rare, but we'll talk about them later. And then this is paired with an extension like .com, .net, .org. There are some fun ones out there now like .design, .travel, .style, .blog, and we'll talk about those later too. Um, Some examples of domains that you are probably rather familiar with, google.com, apple.com, amazon.com, wordpress.org. And even though we constantly are hearing things about how we need to buy our domain name, and I am sure that I say that a lot too, I am hoping I can break myself of the habit right here on this episode because you're actually not buying your domain name at all. It's actually kind of more like a rental situation. So a domain is something that you need to register on an annual basis. And then you also have to make sure that you renew it every year in order to keep it active and pointing to your home on the web. And the cost for this is about $10 to $20 per year for your standard .com, .net, .org renewal. Um, It's a little bit more sometimes if you have one of the newer extensions, but about $10 to $20 per year is typical. Now you can register your domain with multiple companies. You've probably heard of GoDaddy. They are a big one. They are very popular. Sometimes you can register your domain with your web host. Um, And then there's also a company out there called Namecheap. And I mentioned them because they are my personal favorite. I've been using them for about three to four years and they haven't done me dirty yet. So I highly recommend Namecheap.com if you're in need of a domain renewal or registration. You can do either or. So as you choose a domain name, there is one goal to keep in mind. You have an objective here. Your main objective is you are trying to help people find your website with ease and in as few steps as possible. Remember that, guys, because it all comes down to that, okay? 
You're trying to help people find your website with ease and in as few steps as possible. You're basically making uh, it as easy as possible for people out there to find you. So there are different types of domains out there that you can choose from. Um, And I am going to group them into three different categories for the sake of this podcast. So the first type of domain that we are going to discuss is called the brand domain. And this is the one that you see the most often. We have already talked about Amazon.com, Google.com. Those are both brand domains, okay? Because they primarily use the brand's name, right? So Google, that is the brand. Google.com, it's the domain name. <laughs> Some other examples may be barnesandnoble.com, um, you know, wholefoods.com, traderjoes.com. Yeah, I like food, okay? What about it? And then if you remember the example that I gave you at the beginning of this episode, Cake It Easy, um, if they used cakeiteasy.com, that's a brand domain. So yeah, you get the idea here. And brand domains are really great because they typically allow you to grab a short, sweet, unique domain name, which is the best practice, right? Because if you remember, our objective is to help people find our website with ease and in as few steps as possible. So if your domain name is like your brand name, people are going to like remember that pretty easily. And these brand domains are especially great if your brand name is very unique, you know, it's memorable, if your brand name is already established and recognized, and also if your brand name is like your own name and you are the only one that has that name, okay? So that is the brand domain. And again, this is pretty much the type of domain that you see out there the most often these days. We do have our second category to talk about here, though our second category of domain names. And these aren't so popular today as they once were, but they are called keyword domains, also known as exact match domains or EMDs, not EDM, EMDs, okay? So a keyword domain is one that, yeah, you guessed it. It's made up of keywords or a key phrase. An example, buybooksnow.com bestportlandweddingphotographer.com or uh, bestweddingcakelosangeles.com, whatever that other example was I used at the beginning of the episode that Kick It Easy was considering. And so I would advise against choosing a keyword domain altogether. The main reason for this is they sound weird to say out loud. They also seem a little bit spammy. And if you're wondering about the history of keyword domains, like, yeah, they used to be more popular. So back in the early 2010s, exact match domains, these keyword domains were used more frequently. And the thought process behind using one of these domains was that people believed that anyone who was typing a particular search query in would more easily find their website. Okay, so an example here is if someone went into Google and they typed the search query best Portland wedding photographer into their search bar, um, the thought process was that these people would automatically stumble onto bestportlandweddingphotographer.com or that, you know, bestportlandweddingphotographer.com would rank higher uh, in Google search results for the search query best Portland wedding photographer than something like sarahjosephinephotography.com, 
okay? And did this ever actually work? Like, yeah, it did, you know? Back in the early 2010s, this was actually an effective strategy. And it was such an effective strategy that people really started abusing it. So we got spammers and, like, weird people who (laughs) were just trying to kind of, like, cheat the system. And they'd choose these keyword domains or EMDs and they would have websites at them that had very thin content. You know, they were just low quality overall, but they were still ranking fairly well in search engines. Well, somewhere around 2012, Google, you know, they, they caught on to this, okay? And they announced one of their infamous algorithm changes that we all seem to despise. But in this case, it was a good change because it addressed these low-quality websites that were operating at these keyword domains. And so today, the algorithms that Google and other search engines use, they are way smarter than they were in the past, and these low-quality websites don't rank highly like they used to. So there's really no benefit anymore to using a keyword domain or an exact match domain like this. However, that doesn't necessarily stop spammers and other people from still trying to engage in tactics like this. And I think old habits just die hard. Some people maybe haven't, you know, caught on that the exact match domain isn't needed anymore. So people still try to use them. Now, that's not to say a website that uses an EMD, a keyword domain, can't rank high in search engines because they absolutely can. It's just whoever owns that website is going to have to still put in the same effort, just like anyone else, into building up a quality search engine, top of Google worthy website. So there's no advantage anymore to the keyword domain. Um, And then, yeah, like a lot of issues that experts have, including me, is that keyword domains, they don't stand out because when it comes down to it, they're really just made up of rather generic words. So if we have something like bestportlandweddingphotographer.com, there's really no difference between that and Portland's bestweddingphotographer.com or bestportlandphotographer.com or weddingphotographerofportland.com. Like, they're all the same. And not to mention, it would just be super awkward (laughs) if you were, like, you own the website operating at bestportlandweddingphotographer.com and you had, like, really, like, high-quality photography and someone asked you, like, what your website was and you're like, yeah, you can find me at bestportlandweddingphotographer.com. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think that sounds super cringe and way too promotionally, and it's way better to brand yourself with your actual brand domain than some keywords, right? Yeah. Okay? All right, so that was our second category, keyword domains. Now, if you remember, I did say there were three categories. Our third category is a combination. So our third category is our brand keyword combo domain. And yeah, you guessed this one, right? You know, a brand keyword combo domain is made up of both the brand name and a keyword or keywords. Example could be something like authorsatticbooks.com, sarahjosephinephotography.com. And combining brand and keywords can oftentimes be a really great approach because it adds a little bit more context to what you do. And it can also help if you have like a name that is super generic. You know, maybe there's someone already operating at sarahjosephine.com, so she has to use sarahjosephine.com 
photography.com, although um, Sarah Josephine should make sure that there are no legal ramifications of using that name, but hey, we don't go into that here. Um, so yeah, you can absolutely use a brand and keyword combo domain if you want to provide people with a little bit more context. However, you do want to make sure that if you are choosing this strategy, if you do include a keyword in your domain name, that keyword does not pigeonhole you into some niche that you may end up pivoting away from. So if we go way back to our first example of Cake It Easy, uh, the made-up bakery in L.A., what domain name should they use? Well, we kind of already ruled out the best wedding cakes, losangeles.com domain or whatever the heck it was called because it's not memorable and it's not necessary. So Cake It Easy should not go with the keyword domain, okay? So we're down to the brand domain of cakeiteasy.com or we could also go with something like cakeiteasybakery.com. That's the brand keyword combo domain. My head is starting to spin from all these choices. So what should they use? Well, cakeiteasy.com is short and sweet. That's nice. That has a lot going for it, right? However, the cakeiteasybakery.com option, that provides a little bit more context, and that is also nice because we know as visitors, we know right off the bat that cakeiteasybakery.com is indeed a bakery. Cakeiteasybakery.com is not a dessert blog or something else. So what wins out here? Does cakeiteasy.com or cakeiteasybakery.com win out? Well, really, it's up to personal preference, and it's up to you. I will say that the potential ranking value of having a keyword or two in the domain name is pretty minimal, and, you know, there are far better ways to make SEO gains, if you will, so I would personally here choose cakeiteasy.com, but those are the only two domain names that I would consider registering for cakeiteasy. Again, I would never choose to register a keyword domain like cakeiteasylosangelesbakery.com. It's too long. It sounds spammy. It's gross if you say it out loud. All right. So that was a very, very lengthy, detailed answer to our original question of what domain Cake It Easy should use. And I'm starting to sweat a little bit and Big Joe is starting to be not as comfortable as he was at the beginning of this episode. But you know what? I am still with you. The closet recording space is making me feel a little claustrophobic, but I'm going to fight on because we still have more to talk about. The next thing on our list to talk about is extensions. Okay, so again, a domain extension is something like .com, .net, .org. There are fun ones now like .design, .style, .blog, .xyz. And there are also country code extensions like .ca, .co.uk, and so on. So extensions, what about them? Well, from an SEO perspective, it's hard to know how much the extension matters to Google since they keep the algorithm that they use on lockdown, of course. The general consensus out there is that your extension probably matters, but if it does, it only matters a very small amount. So if you have your heart set on a fun extension like .style or .blog or whatever, don't feel like you can't go for it, okay? That being said, 
The expert opinion is to always get the .com version if it's available. And since it's the most popular, .coms are the most easiest to remember. They're what people are going to kind of like automatically associate with your domain name. So sometimes those fun extensions like .design, I have a .design, sometimes people get confused by it because they're like, well, wait, that's your, that's the whole thing? Like, where's the dot, it's not .com? And it's just kind of confusing for them. Um, so that's not my main site, so I'm not really super concerned about it, but sometimes it can get confusing for people, especially when you say it out loud. So yeah, like if the .com's available for you, get the .com. You can consider one of those country code extensions like .ca for Canada, .co.uk for the UK, .com.au for Australia. You can consider one of those if your target audience is in that country. And there is some thought here that you may be able to show up or you may be more likely to show up if you have one of these country code extensions for your domain, when someone searches for your services plus your country. So if someone goes into Google and they type in Wedding Photographer UK, and we have, you know, sarahjosephinephotography.co.uk, people may be able to stumble upon her website easier than if she just had, like, sarahjosephine.photo or something like that. Um, and this may also give the user more confidence by assuring them that you're a local company and that you do business in that area. Um, although, again, I still would recommend registering the regular .com version if available, um, and it's totally possible to register both and then just like choose one that is your primary domain and redirect the other to the primary. All right. And then, yeah, like the fun extensions, there are some like .photo, .style, .design, .travel, .blog, .xyz, and so on. So before you choose and like fall in love with one of these alternative extensions, you do want to make sure that it isn't associated with shady or spammy websites. I have no idea why or how, but some of these extensions have kind of become known for having like spammy websites associated with them. And the .xyz, that's a big one that has spam associated with it. I don't know why. And luckily there is a tool out there that you can use to kind of see if the extension you're considering is associated with spam. And that website is spamhouse.org slash statistics slash TLDS. And the spam house is German. <laughs> so they spell it spam H-A-U-S dot org slash statistics slash TLDS. And I'll have that linked in the show notes on the website as well. Um, so again, bottom line here, get the .com domain if it's available. But if you fall in love with one of the fun extensions, you do you. Feel free to use it and see how that goes for you. And if you do business in one of those countries that has a country code associated with it, you may want to pick that up as well. And another question that I get in regards to extensions is, should I register my domain name with multiple extensions? So for Cake It Easy, right? Should CakeItEasy.com also register CakeItEasy.net? cakeiteasy.co, cakeiteasy.org, and so on. Well, first of all, because there are so many extensions out there, if you are not Scrooge McDuck swimming in a pile of money, 
you might go broke fast if you try to register them all. But I will say, cost is really the only downside to registering multiple extensions. So if you can afford it, if you're Mr. McDuck, feel free to go for it because it does not hurt to register at least a few more extensions. All it's going to do is help safeguard your name and protect your brand against competitors. And why is this the case? Well, if you don't register other domain names, so if you leave, you know, the .net version of your .com domain out there, this means that they are free for the taking. And there's nothing stopping competitors from registering them and using them for their websites. So let's say that the LA Cake It Easy Bakery, they only register cakeiteasy.com. So they left like cakeiteasy.net and cakeiteasy.org and stuff out there. There are kind of like two potential situations that could happen. One is a little sinister and dark, but let's start with the more lighthearted situation. So maybe there is another bakery out there. Maybe this one's in Toronto and they are also called Cake It Easy. So the Cake It Easy in Toronto bakery could register cakeiteasy.net or cakeiteasy.co. And maybe what ends up happening is the Toronto one gets more popular than the original cakeiteasy.com that is in Los Angeles. And so what happens is we kind of watch cakeiteasy.com fall off. They get overshadowed by this new Toronto Cake It Easy. Um, Of course, you know, there could be something legal here to consider as well. There could be a trademark issue or something like that, but we don't dive into that here. We're only talking about domain names. So if the LA Cake It Easy had registered cakeiteasy.net and cakeiteasy.co along with their .com version, they could have prevented this from happening and it would have saved them a lot of hassle. So that situation is just unfortunate. It's not really sinister, but there is one that's a little bit darker, like I said. And this situation is when a direct competitor purposely registers these domain names and does something bad with them, okay? So let's say that there is another bakery in LA. It's down the street from Cake It Easy, and this one is called Dump Cake Express because they're a bad guy. They get a bad name. So Dump Cake Express is a direct competitor of Cake It Easy, and so Dump Cake Express, they go out and they register cakeiteasy.net, cakeiteasy.co, cakeiteasybakery.com, and so on. And the only reason that they do this is just to be a jerk. So maybe they use these domains to drive traffic back to their own website, or, you know, like maybe they put like something up to kind of confuse people who thought they were visiting cakeiteasy.com. Or maybe Dump Cake Express calls Cake It Easy up and they're like, hey, guys, we registered cakeiteasy.net, cakeiteasy.co. We got them here, but we're going to hold them hostage. You can buy the registration back from us, but we're going to charge you a bunch more money. It sounds weird, but it's actually happened in the past, and that's, you know, why we're discussing it today. Luckily, no one I know or no one I've worked with has ever had this happen to them, but it has happened to someone, and that's why it's an issue and something to consider. So again, in all of these situations, if Cake It Easy had registered these other extensions along with their .com rather than leaving them out there, free for the taking, none of this would have happened and they could have prevented this from happening at a very low cost since, again, you'll remember that one registration for the year only runs about $10 to $20. And sometimes 
Fun fact, companies will give you a discount if you register more than one. So yes, the answer to this question is yes. If they are available to register and you have the financial means to do it, it absolutely does not hurt to register a few different extensions. And you can easily set up a redirect, so kkitteasy.net. They could just set up that redirect and automatically have it pointing to kkiteasy.com. And anyone that types in kkiteasy.net will be able to find kkiteasy.com. All right? Now let's move on. Let's talk about some more tips for finding the best domain in addition to what we have already talked about here today. Tip number one, this kind of relates to the whole brand domain name strategy. You want to make sure that your domain name fits your brand because Generally speaking, it is in bad form to have a domain name that is not your business name. And this is another strike against those keyword or exact match domains. So for example, let's say there's a business out there called Bubbles and Barks. I don't want my domain name to be stlouisdoggroomer.com because without further investigation, it's really unclear for people whether Bubbles and Barks and stlouisdoggroomer.com are even the same business. You can confuse people. Users should be easily able to confirm that yes, the website that they are visiting is indeed the one that they intended to go to. So keep it consistent, okay? Tip number two, you want to avoid hyphens, numbers, basically anything that can confuse people, okay? This is really important when you consider that, God willing, some people may just be talking about you word of mouth, okay? You don't want to confuse them. It's easier for people to find you if they can actually spell your domain name and they are not confused by hyphens or numbers. Numbers can be confusing because you are allowed to register domains with digits in them. So if your domain name has a number in it, people may be like, okay, do I spell that out? Is it F-O-U-R or is the digit? Or is it the digit, but there's a zero in front of it, too? Like, it's just confusing. Uh, Luckily, there is an approach to handle this because there are times when numbers are going to be a part of your brand name. And you shouldn't, like, change your brand name if they are. That would be not authentic. So what's the approach here? I'll give you a real-life example. Here in L.A., we have a ton of Vietnamese pho shops, and a lot of those pho shops have numbers at the end of their restaurant name. So there are restaurants like Pho 87, uh, Pho 75, you get the idea. And I actually looked this up because I wasn't sure what the numbers represented. Uh, The numbers are usually something that are personal to the owner. So maybe the number is a lucky number, or it's the year that they or their child were born, that sort of thing. And there are a lot of Fuss 75s in the world because that's the year that Saigon fell, and that is, of course, a very, like, memorable date, right? So, of course, these fuss shops should not change their name if they are getting online. Like, no, don't do that. So, what they should do is register two separate domain names. Register the one with the actual digits and then register the one with the number spelled out. So, if we have a restaurant called Fu 80 and they are wanting to get online, they should register Fu80.com as well as Fu. E-I-G-H-T-Y dot com. And then again, they can just choose the primary one that they want to use and redirect the other one to it. 
So numbers aren't super common in brand names, but they do happen, and that is the best approach for that. But hyphens, hyphens you want to avoid at all costs. They are just unnecessary, and they add confusion, and some people think that they are spammy too. So, like, it's just really awkward and confusing. We aren't going to say the hyphens out loud, and if you did... It would be weird to be like, yeah, my website is best hyphen wedding hyphen photographer hyphen in hyphen Portland dot com. Like, yeah, like, no thanks. So just avoid the hyphens. No good. No good. Hyphens bad. <laughs> Another tip kind of related to the whole numbers thing is consider registering common misspellings or variations. Okay, so I actually had to do this for this podcast. So the podcast name is Bite-Sized Strategy. There's a a D on the end. It's not bite-size. It's bite-sized strategy, okay? Um, I know sometimes when I'm talking, you don't always pick up on the D. So what I did is I registered two domain names. I registered bitesizedstrategy.com, and I also registered bitesizestrategy.com. I own both of those, and then bitesizestrategy.com will redirect to bitesizedstrategy.com, which is the correct one. And so this is an approach that you should take if you have a name that could maybe be spelled another way. So let's say your name is Elizabeth Smith Photography. You know, your name is Elizabeth, and you spell it E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H. But most people are kind of used to spelling Elizabeth with a Z, so it's E-L-I-Z-A-B-H, wait, B-E-T-H. I'm not so good at spelling, guys. Um, So people are going to get confused if they're talking about ElizabethSmithPhotography.com word of mouth because most people are going to assume that Elizabeth spells her name with a Z like most Elizabeths do, and they're going to go to ElizabethSmithPhotography.com with a Z, and they're going to find that there's no website there, and they're going to get confused, and Elizabeth Smith is probably going to lose that business, right? She's going to lose that lead because there's no website there. So what she should do, she should register elizabethsmithphotography.com, the Z version, and then redirect it to her main website, elizabethsmithphotography.com, the S version, the correct version. All right, see what I'm getting at here? Um, If you have a word that could easily be spelled another way, consider picking up the alternative version and then just redirect it, okay? Another tip, this one sounds obvious, but you want to make sure that no one is using your domain, okay? So do a quick Google search and make sure that the name isn't trademarked, copyrighted, or is somehow being used by someone else. And you want to search for the exact name as well as variations of it. And you can also check the Whois database to see if your domain.com has already been registered. Maybe it was registered in the past, but it isn't anymore. Sometimes you'll find domains like that. Generally speaking, it is good advice to not tread on someone else's territory. So if you do find that you have fallen in love with a domain name, but there's already a website running and established at that domain name, instead of just grabbing like another extension, like the .NET version that's available, don't tread on their territory. Maybe think about using an alternative name. We don't want no legal trouble, right? Okay, and this one is just a little bonus for you guys. 
you should consider registering yourname.com if it's available. So like your first name and your last name.com. So like something like sarahjosephine.com or we just talked about Elizabeth Smith. She should register elizabethsmith.com if it's available, even if right now she's using like elizabethsmithphotography.com. Okay, why? Why register a domain name if you aren't planning to use it now or in the future? Well, it's because as more people get online, these .com domains, they're getting swooped up left and right. They're kind of going extinct. So if you can, you want to make sure that you register your full name .com to kind of safeguard it, okay? Because maybe there will come a time when you want to use it online. Or maybe there's going to come a time when someone else out there who has your same exact name is also going to want to do business online, and then it just gets confusing for people. You know, maybe there is like an Elizabeth Smith out there who is in the porn industry, and I know it's not 1950 or anything. We're not prudes here, because it's going to get a little weird if like ElizabethSmith.com has a bunch of porn on it, and someone goes to that website expecting to see Elizabeth Smith's like newborn photography like that's just gonna get weird so the bottom line here is make sure that you register your full name.com if it's available and if you can spare that extra 10 to 20 dollars per year to keep that registration up okay Oh, and one more bonus thing, because we're covering all the domain stuff here today. When you register your domain name, you will get a choice of how long you can register it for. And I get this question a lot, okay? Because the, the minimum is one year registration period. But you can register it for longer. And a lot of people are always like, well, hey, like, is there any benefit from an SEO perspective to registering it for longer than a year? Because someone somewhere, I don't know why, they came out and they said, yeah, like your website, it's going to rank higher with search engines if you register your domain for longer than a year. That's what they said. But this, friends, is a myth. And if you don't want to take it from me, take it from Google's own Matt Cutts. So Matt Cutts came right out and said, my short answer is to not worry about that very much. Not very much at all. In fact, and I would definitely trust what the person from Google says. So don't feel that you need to register your domain name for like five or ten years. You don't have to unless you want to, unless it's more convenient for you. Um, there is no SEO benefit to registering it for any longer. All right, so... I think that's everything. I've been talking for a while. Big Joe is starting to get very uncomfortable. I'm starting to sweat a little bit more now, so I think we're going to wrap it up here. And to recap here, you will remember that your main objective when choosing a good domain name is to make sure that people can find your website with ease and in as few steps as possible. So normally we will do that with a brand domain, something like Amazon.com, something like Google.com, something short and sweet like that. Now, if a keyword fits in the domain name and it sounds good and it doesn't pigeonhole you and you want to roll with that, that can be a good approach to but what you do want to do is avoid a keyword only domain. So you don't want something like bestportlandweddingphotographer.com because they all sound the same and they're boring and they're weird and they sound spammy and they're just not good. Okay. You want to always try to register the .com version of your domain name if it's available 
If it's not available, you can consider another extension, but make sure that it doesn't tread on another brand's established territory. Um, there are some cool new extensions that we talked about too, and those can be cool and fun to use. I have one. I like it. Um, but some of them, like .xyz, are associated with spammy websites, so make sure that you do your research on your extension if you're choosing one of those, quote, weird ones <laughs> to to make sure that it's not associated with any weird stuff, okay? If they are available and if it fits your budget, Mr. McDuck, <laughs> Mr. Scrooge McDuck, you can consider registering your domain with multiple extensions. So grab up the .net, .org, .co versions. This can help safeguard you against your competition. Register your full name.com too, even if you aren't planning on using it to safeguard and protect your name in case someone with your name wants to start showing their naughty bits online and it creates an awkward situation for you. You may also want to register your domain with alternate spellings if there is a word in yours that could easily be misspelled or like heard incorrectly. So like mine, I have bitesizedstrategy.com and I also have bitesize strategy.com. Same goes for numbers because you can use digits and you can spell numbers out. So get both versions. Choose one that you want to use as your primary domain and then simply redirect the other. Hyphens, avoid hyphens. You will remember that they are bad. And what else? You can register a domain for about $10 to $20 per year, sometimes more if you choose a fun extension. You will have to choose a minimum registration period of one year. There is no benefit to registering it for a longer period, although if it's more convenient for you, feel free. There are a lot of companies that register domains. Namecheap.com is my fave, so definitely check them out. And I think that's everything, guys. All right? So you tell me, was that definitive or was that definitive? <laughs> that was a lot of domain name stuff. If you still have questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Build It and Blossom and I can answer any additional questions you may have about domain names. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bite Size Strategy and allowing me to hit you with these brand building tips. If you're hungry for more snackable bites, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and you can also visit builditandblossom.com for more content like this and that is a wrap i will see you next week for episode three yay